For as long as I've known the NBA, it's been a stars league. But even among the stars, there's an exclusive club. Russell, Dr. J, Jordan, Kobe. They're all part of a select group that paved the way for the NBA superstar of today. And some even shared secrets with each other along the way. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Jackie McMullen, and this is the Icons Club. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. It is the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Kevin Clark. Semi-emergency? Vaguely emergency podcast here on a Monday afternoon. Nora Princiati's here. Nora, hello. Hi, Kevin. Kaylin Jones is here. What's going on, buddy? What's up, y'all? How are you guys doing? So, I'm good. Uh, it was not... Th- this is a different day than every other let's get to the microphones day that we've had over the past 10 days. The most pressing thing that happened is that Matt Ryan got traded for a third-round pick to the Indianapolis Colts. And it changes, I think, the tone of the rest of the quarterback dominoes. James Winston, by the way, is also coming back to New Orleans, which is a different type of domino. Um, there's a lot that comes along with a move like that. Um, a lot of destinies changed today. And then The Athletic posted a, uh, an article about Jason Jinks and, and, and Mike Sando that detailed the Urban Meyer disaster that honestly could be a two-hour pod. We're going to limit ourselves to just half of this short emergency podcast. Um, but let's get to Matt Ryan off the top. Nora, when you first heard this, and there were rumblings this morning that a deal either had to happen or that the Falcons were super duper committed to Matt Ryan. Um, I think 4 PM Eastern was a deadline. Um, a couple hours before that, the, the, the deal was announced. Um, but this was a, a turning point in the franchise for Atlanta and for Indianapolis. You thought what, when you saw this news? Well, it's a huge departure from the status quo for Atlanta, but I think it's kind of exactly what the Colts have done for years at yeah. this point, right? It is a, low ceiling, high floor, risk averse, Chris Ballard, veteran quarterback move, ultimately the third consecutive. I I think it's worth asking whether or not the team is in as good shape. It's still definitely a team that, you know, if you're someone like Matt Ryan, you're going to think of as capable of winning games and being a good context to to play in. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. if they're quite as good as maybe someone in his position would hope, but I think they're still on that sort of wild card cusp uh, for Atlanta. I mean, they're taking the biggest dead cap charge in the history of the sport. And that's only after that has, that record has been set um, in the last year. So 
just a big decision for them. I think a year after they decided to kind of run it back and see if they could be competitive to tear down and rebuild. The dead cap record just keeps falling. Remember when Antonio Brown did it a couple of years ago when the Steelers wanted to get rid of him? And then I think Jared Goff was another one. Um, Stafford is obviously up there. It's well, like the four minute mile. Like Jared once, Goff once... and then Carson Wentz. Yep. Yeah, Carson and then Carson Wentz. Wentz. The like it, we're, it's just going to keep <laughs> falling forever and ever because teams are more. But comfortable the the with dead this. cap record, like two years ago, was like five million bucks. Or something. That's, yeah. That's oh yeah. Not right, but right. it was really no, really low. Antonio and then Brown all of a sudden, like it's just it. like right, like a, a receiver, just yeah. like a receiver who was had behavioral problems. Now it's just like old quarterbacks. Now it's just like whatever. Hey man, hey man, it's like 9 a.m. It's like, hey man, what are you doing later? I think I'm going to take the biggest dead cap charge in NFL history just to see how I'm it goes. Put $40 million in dead money on my salary cap to move on from Matt Ryan. It's going to be fine. It's, it's good work if you can get it. By the way, uh, the Atlanta Falcons have agreed to terms with Marcus Mariota. Uh, we're going to get to that. Kalen, Another domino. Matt Ryan. Yeah, no, no, domino. Like, this is a domino. We're just playing big, dominoes here. Big domino day. Um, no, like Dude, you guys wait, are hold saying. On, hold on. I, mm-hmm. Kalen, I'm really sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Kevin, no, I'm right. going to pick with you. Didn't we say like three days ago that we were just not going to do this podcast? <laughs> Didn't we say on air? Well, so there's two, there's two <laughs> things. Number one, we're, this is a work day afternoon. What else are we going to do? Number right, two, okay. that was going no, into right. the you weekend. I was like, do not, that. we're not going to do it. Like, we're not going to get everybody together on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Everyone has to leave their family and talk about Matt Ryan. Um, we're not going to do that to anybody. We're going to do the listener. We're not going to do the listener. Um, so that was the, like specifically a, a weekend thing. Okay, you're thing. right, actually. The second you're thing, right and I'm, the I'm second thing I want to say is the Urban Meyer thing put this over the top. It, it, it got us into, yes. we got a that's, pod. That's territory. where I was going. Right. That's we have to talk going. about that. That's the thing. Kalen Jones, Matt Ryan. What, what does he bring? I mean, I, like Nora was saying, it's a really high floor move. And it seems like this has been the trend, you know, since the Colts fell down from quarterback heaven when, you know, they had 20 years of Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck under center. And now they've been kind of wandering around the the wilderness. So, I mean, I, I get why you make the risk averse decision, because again, this is a talented enough team to where they should be able to compete in the AFC South. They should be able to push the Tennessee Titans. But again, Mike Rabel has shown that he's a good enough coach to get that team to win, you know, over 10, ga- 10 games every season. So, I think it's really tough sledding for Indianapolis. I don't think it puts them over the top per se, but it does keep them competitive, which, you know, I I think that's really the best they could do at this point in the QB carousel. I feel as good about the Colts right now with Matt Ryan as I do about the Titans. They're they're, they're 1A and 1B for me in, in that division, which, by the way, to qualify that, I don't care about the division at all in the context of the AFC. Like, I do not care. Like, congratulations. Have a banner, have a T-shirt, wear a nice hat. But I, no, I, I, I do not consider that division to be particularly relevant to the AFC in general when you look at some of, of the other conferences. Does that mean that you think that the Colts roster and now quarterback situation is on paper better than the Titans because the Titans get awarded three process and culture wins per season? It's not a process. It's just culture. It's just pure it culture. culture. It's just pure <laughs> culture. Um, Make it a note you of guys, that. You guys can have the quarterbacks and the good players and the Titans will go ahead and have a culture deal with it. Um, so I, I think that this is, if, if, if the Colts become the clearinghouse for getting a pretty good old guy every year, um, Philip Rivers two years ago, Wentz was young, but you know, that was a mistake. Um, that to <laughs> me is a better role to me than 
than trying to solve this long-term with a stopgap. If you can get a, a absolute star uh, who's under 30, go ahead and do it. Carson Wentz was not that. If you can draft a quarterback um, with the top 10 pick, I would do that. Um, but I think that this, this is not a bad option for a stopgap. The way quarterbacks age now, uh, Matt Ryan, this is not like a one and done for Matt Ryan. Um, this is a good strategy. Uh, as I said, they're probably a playoff team right now. And by the way, they were probably a playoff team last year if they just beaten the damn Jaguars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like this move. This was the best case scenario after, I guess, I guess after one, once the Texans said that, that, that they couldn't meet with Deshaun, um, this was the, the best case scenario for the Colts. Yeah. But the thing is with that, like you said, it's a good, good idea in terms of the stopgap solution, but how much longer before the stopgap solution becomes a long-term issue for them? Because it's been, we're going on four or five years of a different quarterback under center. So, I mean, sure. Like, in the interim, I think it makes sense. But if this happens, if we're, if we're still talking about the Colts rotating and picking a random person at quarterback, you know, two, three years from now, then you have to question the process because Ballard's done a great job drafting, but the quarterback has not made sense. So they've got to be more aggressive at some point in the next year or two. By the way, Stephen Ruiz texted in. He, he's going to Malik Wilson's pro day. He texted in to let the listeners know that Chris Ballard is still on fraud watch in his book. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> I understand what you're saying, Kalen, and mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting point. But the commitment needed to find a star quarterback. I mean, they gave away a first round pick for a bad quarterback last year. Right. They already did that. Imagine what would we have to be given up to get a good quarterback in a like Matthew We Stafford. just saw it, yeah. right? And we we've seen it over the past couple of years. It starts at two firsts, and there, there's a commitment there. My, uh, you know, the seminal thing for me ever was reading Moneyball when I was in high school. And there's a line in there from Billy Bean where he said, when you have to do something, you're screwed. Like the moment you have to do something, you're screwed. And the moment that I think the Colts say, okay, we were, we're just going to go super duper all in, trade two first round picks, three first round picks, even if there's not a Matthew Stafford available, um, that's when, when you wreck your franchise. So I think to pay the money for Matt Ryan, that's just the cost of doing business, and a third round pick, that's just good business in my book. I'm okay with that. I under Listen, I... I'd love for them, if I'm Chris Boward, to have a, a long-term solution. I'd love them Justin Herbert. Great. Like, everybody would want that. But if you're looking at this <laughs> right. offseason, they cut bait on Carson Wentz, was at, which was all, all things considered a net positive a genius move relative to how good Carson Wentz is. And so I, don't, I, I think that they could not have done any better relative to the situation that they entered into for, for the 2022 offseason. There are some teams, by the way, and I know that you read the story from Zach Kiefer and stuff, that that whole thing was a disaster. Ursay wouldn't meet with Wentz, all that stuff. But there are some teams that are lazy enough or uncreative enough to actually just run it back with Carson Wentz. There's a lot of franchises like that. So right. I'm okay with how the Colts have, have come out of this. That's fair. But at the same time, like you're not necessarily wrecking your franchise. Because if you look at, I mean, it's a very arbitrary stat, but like AV, based on draft picks beyond the third round, the Colts and the Rams are the best at developing players. So to me, that says Chris Ballard is good enough at identifying talent, whether it's in the draft or free agency, to build a roster, go be aggressive, utilize the first round picks, empty the clip and compete. Like to me, at that point, you're not, you're not competing if you're going to continue to be risk averse when choosing the one position where you have to be, but, you know, have the most gumption yeah. to attack it. Great argument, but we're dealing with purely hypotheticals here. Fair, purely. fair. Because I fair. don't know, if you called all 32 teams and said, hey, man, I'll give you two first-round picks for your quarterback, you're not going to like who says, let's do it. Right now, you're not going to like <laughs> right. that. That, that to me, is the problem. That's why I'm giving 
I'm giving the Colts a helmet sticker for what they did the past couple of months. Was everything mismanaged up to that? Yes. That's was fair. the Carson Wentz yeah. trade bad? Yes. But it's oh, it's okay that what the business they've done the past couple of months. I'm in. I'm giving. Chris Ballard is off of fraud watch for now. Nora. I'm in too. I never put Chris Ballard on fraud watch. I adore Chris Ballard. I think everything you just said is true. I do think part of the reason it's true is because it's a terrible quarterback market and their strategy is incredibly risk averse. And there's not a lot of sort of opportunity cost out there because the general consensus is that there are very few good quarterbacks available. So playing it the way that the Colts typically play it is really, really, really reasonable in this kind of environment. So for 2022, I'm totally there for what it's worth. I was not really there last off season, but on some level kind of understood it and liked the decision um, two years ago. In general, I think their sort of veteran quarterback thing, uh, to me, it's, it's, it's not amazing, but when you consider what the alternatives are, there's a lot of logic to it. The question is just at some point, mm-hmm. you have to take a swing that is going to accept a greater degree of risk. And what happens when Chris Ballard is, is willing to do that? We don't really know because he just hasn't done it at quarterback. And if they want to get out of the like, okay, maybe you're a wild card team zone, probably at some point that requires not a Philip Rivers, definitely not a Carson yep, Wentz, that's probably also not a Matt Ryan. You were talking about risk incurred. Last year, they traded up to a first-round pick, a conditional first-round pick, for a guy who couldn't throw the ball three yards without getting it intercepted. That, to <laughs> yeah. me, was the risk. That's they can bad sit out. evaluation, I, I don't think, though. I, I that was really bad. Don't, mm-hmm. Also, there's some bad evaluation that went into that, probably, but like Carson Wentz, in a weird way, was still a relatively high-ceiling guy in that context. And he ended up being a rel- like. They did not tank the team. They were able to remain competitive until the end of the season. And that was the type of and zone then what happened? reasonable that they would. They didn't make the playoffs. They they burned out embarrassingly towards the end of the year. They lost to the Jags. Like, it, I'm the first person to say hand up. It didn't go the way anyone would have wanted it to. And clearly there were inside the building issues left and right there. But it's different than... In Jacksonville and in Indy. That was a toxic game. Yeah. And before <laughs> yeah, that, the Raider great. game. It yeah. really, really yeah. wasn't great. Right. They needed to win. They needed to one win, what, one out of three games, and they just yep. couldn't do it. It was it was a pretty spectacular collapse. Yeah. But it is a different situation doing that where the quarterback, who is still statistically kind of middle of the pack. Now, if you look at it, maybe you have different feelings about that. But that's a different situation than drafting a guy in the first round and maybe finding out that he just absolutely can't play. Or maybe finding out that he's the next Justin Herbert, right? But like that is a different type of low-end, high-end acceptance of variance than what they've been willing to do in the last few years. Yeah. Let's do some winners and losers here that we haven't discussed already. Um, I'm going to start. I'm starting to think that holding this L right now might be Mr. Trey Lance. Because the music, so the the word is, is that they didn't want to go after Jimmy G, the Colts. They didn't want to go after Jimmy G, according to Diane Rossini, because there were concerns over the shoulder injury, um, not from the medical side of it, but from the missing time in the offseason with new team. That was a red flag, according to Rossini. 
at some point, if you're the Niners, don't you just make it work with Jimmy G still on the roster? Do you release him? Do you do you trade? I mean, either I, we're running out of teams well, that will take on that contract. Yeah. The Niners are t- apparently telling teams that they have an offer for two seconds, quote unquote, in hand. No, from I don't know who? who that's from. <laughs> Ask John Lynch. I don't know, but that was their asking price at the combine. And if they can get it, I think they will take it. Can we go through the NFL and find out who? Okay, so let's assume I don't think they would trade into the what Seahawks. If- well, so what? If, that's what I was going to say. What if it's from Seattle and the trepidation mm-hmm. is we don't want to trade him to the Seahawks, but it's in the back pocket. It's nobody in the AFC West. Gi- the Giants. Nobody in the AFC North. No, Giants are set. It can't be Carolina because Carolina doesn't have the right a, picks for that picks. unless yeah. it's like nine right. years from now. Why are the Giants set? Uh, Daniel Jones and I'm forgetting who the backup is. It's Rod Taylor. <sighs> <laughs> okay, so the Giants not. We're set, really but the stretching. Giants so we're they really think set. okay. Well, those are two separate things. The Giants are are set on what they think they're doing. Yeah, set on what they have. Set. They're not. They're they're set on what they have. Yeah, they're not okay. set um, for the future. They could also they could take a quarterback. Yeah, or they could trade their pick. The only team that seems not set <laughs> the is the is the Seahawks and the Panthers. I guess. Yeah. What about? Okay, this would never happen. What about Washington? <laughs> Commanders should trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, that would be wild. Well, they traded for Carson Wentz because they didn't think that they were going to be able to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. But now I think they probably could. No, but the other problem here is that Baker Mayfield is just available. Right, that's what I was yeah. waiting to get to. Like, Baker Mayfield's also out there. Like, it's hard to find landing spots for these two because... You know, there's a dwindling market at this point. Everyone who was QB needy, QB hungry seems to have found a quarterback at this point outside of the Carolina Panthers who are just been desperate for the past year and a half. What? So this Baker thing. So let's let's get to this report that there's really no market for Baker. And I feel for him because we, we went through this on Friday because I still think that Baker is, is actually better than, than Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so this is per Adam Schefter. There were a t- there's a team that asked to for a pick to take on Baker Mayfield's contract, almost like a Brock Osweiler situation, which is just <laughs> tough. I don't think he's there. I don't think he's there. No, he's not Brock um, And then Schefter said they're, they're not getting a, a premium pick. Uh, I think we we kind of know what that means. Are you guys surprised there's no market for Baker? We don't think Baker's going to end up in I, if everything I just set aside, Seattle. I still think that makes sense. I guess. Are some of these teams tanking? <laughs> Secret tank job. Don't you, aren't you? Aren't you worried in some cases that that you're gonna win too many games with a Baker Mayfield or a Jimmy Garoppolo? That's my concern. Yeah. So you're probably trying to avoid winning, so that way you could take a, a franchise passer in 2023. Um, I am pretty shocked that there isn't a market for Baker, but. When you consider the context, like the trade for Deshaun Watson happened, you know, so late again in the cycle that all those teams that probably would have been interested in Baker Mayfield, Jim Garoppolo, like they've already got their guys. So at the top of the draft next year is probably going to be some combination of Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. I will not throw the Miami quarterback into the top of, of the draft just yet. That comes later. 
Um, Not ready yet. <laughs> there's a number of teams that are going to be real bad this year. Mm-hmm. Real bad. Um, you can talk about the Houston Texans there. You can talk about probably probably the Giants. The Panthers are in that mix. The Seahawks are in that mix. There's going to be a real the race Falcons to the bottom. Be in that mix the Falcons. Oh, the Falcons are definitely in that mix. Falcons I mean, we might see some there. historic, not tanking, but just like we're going to start you know, I mean, also the commanders don't think they're tanking, but brother, they are tanking. They're doing an accidental <laughs> tank. By the way, just if we're doing winners and losers, the Falcons were unable to get the 73rd pick, which was one of um, the third rounders that mm-hmm. they could have gotten back and had to settle for the 82nd. Now, there is no reason that they shouldn't have been able to negotiate up to the better third round pick. Listen, you play hardball. Chris Ballard played hardball. That's how you get off a washed watch. Anyway, I want to close my point on Lance real quick. I think Lance mm-hmm. is going to be good as a starting quarterback. I just think that all of the talk about him not being ready, and even Niners fans are saying, of course he's not ready. That's the point of an offseason, to get ready. But if he's even a little bit raw in September, that's... It, it, it's the easiest thing in the world for Kyle Shanahan to say we're going to play September with Jimmy Garoppolo and then and then use Temperno and that stuff. That that to me is a concern. Um, can you guys name all the starting quarterbacks for the uh, Colts in Week One since 2016? Uh, since 2015, we're, we're going to do a sparkle luck, quiz here. Luck, J- Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, Brissett. Yeah. yeah, Scott Tolzien was he? Scott Tolzien. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah, he's one of them. Um. Philip Rivers, Rivers. Yep. Wentz, yep. Right? Is that five? And luck. Four or five? Yeah. Yeah. yeah luck okay. twice. We did it. Ding ding ding. I don't remember Tolzien at all. Remember Tolzien on remember the Packers it playing that that one year where uh, Rogers broke his collarbone yep. or something. Um, that that was a tough year. That's a tough watch. Um, all right. So, anything else on this? Uh, Matt Ryan, I mean, Jameis to the the Saints was an interesting domino to fall. Anybody care about that as a from a playoff standpoint? Uh, I, so last I checked, we hadn't seen um, the money involved. I am kind of curious what he got, just because until he got hurt last season, didn't look half bad. I think mm-hmm. he was getting like five and a half, five and two, um, yeah. And I'm I'm curious if that number has actually gone up. A little bit. I imagine it's close to the same, but I'm curious if anything, if the arrow, yeah, yeah for Jameis is, is up or down. He got two for 28 with 21 guaranteed, right? Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, it was a, it was a big he deal. Got some that's, good money. That's more than I would have guessed. Huh. Um. Are we are we happy for Matt Ryan? Indy seems like the best place he could have ended up. Yeah. Also, I'm glad he didn't have to just stay. After all of that nonsense, <laughs> it was so nice of him to push the deadline to Tuesday. Like that—that's pretty classy of him. I—I I well, wouldn't yeah. do that, but it's nice of him. And it's weird that it's so like there was no way to send him out. Like I feel bad for Falcons fans. Like last year, you didn't realize that was it with Matt Ryan. He—he's a pretty good quarterback for him. Can I just so our our colleague Danny Heifetz tweeted about this, and and I do think it's worth bringing up. What do you guys know about Matt Ryan? Do you know anything about Matt Ryan? Other than the fact that he uh, went to Boston College, he's been the quarterback yeah. for the Falcons for a long time. Tied. Seems to like his wife a lot. Uh, 
lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, take some questionable sacks. He's a wine guy. Like, I, 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 uh, I actually do. I mean, I, he's been on Soul News Day, so I mean, you know, he, he, I know quite a bit about him. Okay, can you tell us one thing? Give us one uh, hobby. One. Uh, I mean, fact. He, he is an absolute golf sicko. Really? Okay. I, I'm. I'm sorry. I, we need to just not accept white men liking golf as a personality trait. No. No, but this is like, like, so, so I'll give you an example. And this is, this is going to be lost on most people. But, uh, I, the day before we'd done this on Newsday, I'd played Baltusrol, which is a, a nice course in New Jersey. And I just mentioned that because I knew someone had told me he was like really into this stuff. And he just started telling me about, he'd never played Baltusrol, but he started telling me about like the, the intricacies of their, their recent renovation, which had been like six months earlier by, and they told him about okay. the, Golf course architect, right. and we talked about that for a while. We really All deep right. stuff. Okay. Nerds so like, out over it's not like this. I don't I think I don't think that. Yeah, he's a golf course architecture dork. How about that? I don't know if that's true, but he was into uh, it. You could have your own show. Just, on HGTV for that. I'm super happy for Matt Ryan enriching his life through the love of the sport of golf. I'm just saying that does not make me feel like I know anything I, particularly unique about Matt Ryan. One thing I kind of knew he not, loves golf before you told me he loves I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you I'll give you a take I just made up. If you have a basic hobby, but you delve into it so deep, at some point it stops being a basic hobby because you're like the number one hobbyist of this basic hobby. That's you know, fair. like if you're really into yoga, but you become like the yoga person, it's no longer basic that you're into yoga. Okay. The yoga person. <laughs> Who's the right. yoga person right now? This to me is TBD, but the YouTube people, the YouTube people get like 50 million views on our yoga videos. It's like that. Matt Ryan is that for golf courses. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Should we talk about Urban Meyer now? Yeah, I, I want to get my take out on this. I'm jealous of Urban Meyer. In the same way I'm jealous of 
people who haven't started watching like The Sopranos because he got to learn so much about the NFL. He got to see, he got to meet all the characters all at once. I, he'd never watched an NFL game in his life, apparently. Didn't know who Aaron Donald was. Didn't know who Debo Sammy was. Didn't know who Jamal Adams was. And he got to watch football, the NFL, pro football for the first time. Must have been really exciting for him. I love that for him. Yeah, someone who watched Sopranos for the first time uh, during the pandemic, like 2020. Yeah, I can't imagine what that feeling is like for, yeah. you know, to see Aaron Donald making plays and stuff and being like, yeah, that's, that's him. That's the guy. <laughs> I mean, you you got to know who Polly was just two just two short years ago. Oh yeah, Polly. That's Wanda, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. In the same way, I wish I didn't know about Aaron Donald and got to discover Aaron Donald. Now let's get serious here for a second. Yeah, yeah. What on earth was going on with Urban Meyer being in the head coach of a football team? This story, this is like a, a real emperor has no clothes moment for like the coaching profession in general. Because Urban Meyer is actually like has won college national championships and he's clueless. And by the way, I want to say something just to get to close the loop on one thing, which is that there were people out there who were like, maybe he was joking. Maybe he was tongue in cheek. I checked into this. Not people in Jackson, people who know him. No jokes. I, I can, I can rule out him joking. This is kind of his thing to not have any idea what's going on. Charmed life. That's all I can really like credited to because it doesn't make sense like for him to be as clueless as he is and for all these stories to come out where you're clearly someone who is not likable in a position of power where people are supposed to follow you i i just don't understand how he was able to have as much success that he was able to at the college level and i get it like you're again like the the position of power in college like you have a lot more leeway to be kind of tyrannical in that sense, but at the NFL level, it, it it's not surprising that that didn't work out because you really just don't need to be an asshole. And I think we've talked about it before with John Gruden and stuff like the, the guard for coaches for GMs, like it's obviously changing, but mm -hmm. part of that is the emotional comprehension. That's why, you know, again, like out here in LA, like Sean McVay, Brandon Staley, they're big culture guys in addition to being big X's and O's football guys because mm -hmm. the culture matters. Like guys want to follow you and and especially like guys who are in this age bracket now, like it, you can't do the tyrannical dickhead stuff anymore. And which is a good thing, but it Amen just doesn't that, make any Caleb. sense. <laughs> Pressing pause on uh, Brandon Staley and the McVay culture bucket until he can tie the Raiders. Um, all right, so... <laughs> I just think you see a, a methodology in that story that was never going to work. Um, telling players they're going to fear he was going to fire their coach in front of them. Like that's not really how you motivate. You can bully 18 year olds like that. You can bully 19 year olds like that, but you can't bully 27 year olds who make in many cases more money than you or not many cases, actually depending on depending on the position group and, and depending on, on the player situation. But I, I was, I couldn't believe that that situation could look any worse than it did in December when he was fired. Um, I mean, this is a guy who kicked a kicker and then Lambeau was like, don't kick me. And he said, I can kick you whenever I want. I'm the head coach, which what did you think this job was? Big man. <laughs> Unlimited kicks. Unlimited. That was kicks. in your contract. <laughs> anyway, I, I just, I just couldn't believe. I, I, I just, I couldn't believe this story um, because 
I just, I don't know. I'd believe anything about, about Urban Meyer's tenure at this point. By the way, I want to shout out Urban Meyer for being correct. Aaron Donald was a guy who looked like he could give them problems. Was indeed a problem. The so, other piece you know, that I, I talked to a few people in, in Indy about just sort of what that situation had been like and the stuff that's ridiculous and was in that piece deserves the headlines. The other sense that I've gotten is that in addition to all of that, just not a lot of work going on. A lot no. of a lot of motivational quotes being sent around, hmm. a lot of using the internet, a lot of a lot of causing oh, problems, I, I a lot heard of not that. being very nice to people, a lot of texting assistance motivational quotes. Just a very mm. large amount of the time was the sense that I got. I, I heard from someone this morning, and I shared this with you, Nora. Our guy, terminally online, to the point that he's constantly yeah. on Twitter. Constantly on Twitter, but not NFL Twitter, I guess? What I don't know. Twitter so you were exactly? the one who brought my, up my this, source, the My source did Twitter not thing. know. My source did not know what he was looking at on Twitter, just to say that he was he's a big Twitter guy in a way you would not expect, like constantly doing the scrolls. So that that sort of track, I had not heard that personally, but that sort of tracks because I just, I talked to some people who had worked there um, when we were at the combine and there was a lot of just like, you know, look at my phone and you just see sort of like a text screen where it would be just sort of like a lot of, a lot of questions left unanswered or in really unspecific manners but then just a lot of really just a lot of weird motivational quotes like i cannot stress this enough how many weird motivational quotes that man was sending people who he was allegedly partnering with to try to win games wow just stop sending motivational quotes to the ringer nfl group chat um, Please yeah this is actually it. why i brought this up this is an intervention kevin it's got to stop <laughs> just a bunch of What's that guy's name? John Gordon. Just a bunch of John Gordon quotes about Kev's a big, Kev's a big live, laugh, love guy. Joel Osteen. Um, all right. Anything else, guys? Don't be a dick. That's that's how everyone should live their life. The motto everyone should live their life by. Just don't be a dick. What I feel like, let me ask you a question, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. John Gruden is out. Urban Meyer is out. I feel like we might be at all-time lows of NFL head coach dickheads. Wow, yeah, I'd have to I'd have to go through the list. I don't I can't think of anybody who like rubs me the wrong way immediately, right? Um Bruce Aarons is just grouchy. I don't know if he's an yeah, asshole, yeah, but he's just grouchy. grouchy. Definitely definitely different. <laughs> I think we might I think there are our dickhead reserves are are low in football right now. <laughs> oh my god, okay. Cuz also the other the other thing now. is the other thing is is that uh-huh. both of these guys are past the point of no return. There is no rehabilitating her. Yeah. It was interesting to me because uh, I was on the show earlier today and Izzy Gutierrez asked me, he's like, what was the thing that Meyer did that you can't come back from? Like, what was the one event where it was like, he's done? And I said, it was nothing in this story. It was nothing with Josh Lambeau. The event that he couldn't recover from is the fact that he lost a bunch. Yeah. Like, if, he, if you've inverted that record and he went 11 and two in his first 13 weeks, we're looking at a completely different scenario here we're going well right. it's tough to get along with but he demands excellence that's how our the stupid cynical profession we cover works so. yeah 
That's, no, that's it. a really so good point. I, let me Great let me point. let me twist what you said. Don't be a dick if unless you're going to go like thirteen and two. Yeah, and win national championships. Ideally, right. if you're going to go thirteen <laughs> and four, also be nice. But if you just absolutely can't, it's better to. There's go a sliding two. scale. <laughs> There's a sliding scale. I just want everybody to get along. Well, it sounds like in Jacksonville, they got they got Dougie Peterson hanging out, handing out ice cream. Dougie P. Let's go. All right. Uh, thank you to Isaiah Blakely's production help with additional production supervision by Arjuna Ramkapal. We'll be back, I don't know, Wednesday? Unless something happens tomorrow. Hey, Nora? Mm-hmm. Baker? Baker Mayfield? I'm not doing a Baker Midday Mayfield. Midday Baker Mayfield pod. pod? We'll pick that up on, on Wednesday morning. Um, all right. Bye, guys. See you. Bye, Kev.